like suds of amoji soap, and as they advance, heavily did their hooves beat. There was a pounding as if stones were cast. The fourth group was of those with metal bows. In the arms of the bowmen, their metal bows went resting, and their quivers went hung at their sides or passed under their arms, each one well filled, crowded with metal bolts. The fifth group, likewise, was of deer riders. Their array was the same as I have told of the others. The sixth group were those with fire serpents. They carried the fire serpents on their shoulders. Some came with them extended, and just before they entered onto the causeway, they fired them into the air. They each exploded, they each crackled and thundered, they each disgorged smoke. Smoke was spread diffusely, smoke darkened, smoke massed all over the ground. By its fetid smell, it stupefied the crowds who watched, it robbed them of their senses. Moctezuma was sitting upright on his divan. Where is their commander? he asked, the one called Malinche. He came directing from the rear, Lord, like our Tlatkatekatl, the battle ruler, the battle director. He rode on a great war deer, all clad in metal armor, and surrounding him, scattered about him, close to his side, knowing him, went his brave warriors, his insignia bearers, who were like our shorn ones, our kuachiks, the strong ones, the intrepid ones. And what of the Klashkalans? Moctezuma asked, and the men of Ishklil. Does Melinche presume to bring our mortal enemies into the heart of our city? Achitometl bowed his head further. They come, Lord, pressing close behind Melinche, the thousand of Ishklil and the thousand of Klashkala, all placed under the command of the Lord Shikotenka himself. They come arrayed for war, each in his cotton armor, each with his shield, his mkwawitl, and his bow. Each one's quiver is filled, crowded with feathered arrows. They come with knees bent, loosing cries, loosing shrieks, while striking their mouths with their hands, whistling and singing their war songs. But many amongst them, Lord, bear burdens in carrying frames, some in cages, some in deep baskets, and some draw the great metal fire serpents of the Tueles on wooden chariots, those fire serpents that strike dead a thousand men at a single blow. Moctezuma stood and paced restlessly around the guardhouse. Now he had the whole picture in his mind. It was bad. It was as bad as it could possibly be. Never before had a foreign army been granted admission to the sacred city of the Mexica, but the arrival of the Tueles had brought his spirits so low he had allowed himself to be browbeaten into agreeing to this anathema, even permitting the loathsome Shikotenka and his picked warriors to enter with them. Yet this was no defeat, he reminded himself. This was a trap, and in a few days he would spring that trap and the Tueles would die, and Shikotenka would die, and the balance of the one world would be restored. We're walking into a trap, growled Parnitsin, glancing back over his muscular shoulder. You know that, don't you?
Nicknamed Tree for his massive size, stolid features, dark skin, and wild, tangled hair, his long stride kept him always a little ahead of the rest of the Klashkarlan contingent. And what's more, we're walking into it, humping all this stuff for the white men, complained Chipawa, who indeed, like Tree and Shikotenka, bore a huge pannier on his back, fully loaded with items of military equipment belonging to the Tueles. Chipawa's big, bald head, smooth and domed on top, narrowed somewhat at the temples, but widened again to accommodate his prominent cheekbones and full, fleshy face. The jagged gaps in his front teeth, where he'd been struck full in the mouth some months before by a Mashika war club, gave him an expression of permanent ferocity. Shikotenka shifted his own burden into a more comfortable position and grinned broadly. Stop moaning, brothers. It's the price of getting us into...